Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. indicators who knows where this is going to end up to understand the economy you have to understand human nature this podcast is powered by Acast how are you doing there uh, hope you're well it's a podcast I'm talking to my old mate Mr. T how are you man I am very good I'm very good this week. A busy old week because of you, actually. <laughs> I know, I'm doing, I'm doing your heading. I'm doing your heading. I'm <laughs> doing okay. your heading. It's all right. We're getting there. Let's kick off with a question. What was the question? Got a question in here from David Walsh on Patreon. And he's asking, David, would you think of writing a book on the fundamentals of macroeconomics and how decisions filter down to the kitchen table, as in the xenophonic yeah. Economics that we talk. Xenophonic economics. <laughs> there don't seem to be any such books out there, apart from the more academic stuff. Or would you recommend any books? Well, Have you come across David? Any? How are you doing? Um, very interesting suggestion, and I think long overdue is a book about economics that really helps people. You know, John. The extraordinary thing is, I've met so many people, and in actual fact, the Patreon re- replies are full of people said. I studied economics in UCD or UCC or whatever 10 years ago. I never got it. It was all the high stuff. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And I never, I, I, I could sense that it was interesting, but I never got around to it because basically, you know, I talked about the blackboard economists, right? Mm. The other day. A lot of people who teach economics, I don't think understand it. Right, and I really mean this. A lot of people will say the Let's best. Let's not bash too no, many no, no. economists. No, but a lot of people say the best way to actually know you actually understand something mm. is to teach it. Yeah. Right, if you can actually teach it, communicate it, whatever. I think what has happened in economics is a few very, very basic, difficult, unin- not particularly interesting textbooks have become the sort of bible. Mm. And they're bashed into kids and bashed into students. And I think David's right. You know, we might write it together, John. We might do a a chit-chat. You ask me the question, I answer. That's actually a very good idea. Yeah. So you say, look, I don't get this. What does this mean? The reason he uses the expression kitchen table is I think kitchen table economics is what it should be. I've oh, look, economics, I said it before, is the business of your everyday life. Yeah. Right? That's it. It's like how you figure out the world around you. And it's very clear to me that, you know, that's a good, that's not a bad suggestion. There is a good book. He said it's a great book and it's a really basic book, right? And it's called The Economics Book, B 
big ideas simply explained, right? And this is, I think, one of the best textbooks you can get. I'm going to just, I'm going you to... refer to that a lot, actually. And I, uh, uh, as a result, I mean, Maggie, as you know, my eldest, is yes. doing um, a postgrad in economics. Yeah. And she used that book all the time as well, actually. Just as a quick reference, what's this about? Yeah. It's a really good book because what it does, it, it sets out... Who's the know, publisher of that? I'm, let's, have, let's have a look at it, right? TK uh, London, it's written by about seven or eight people. Yeah. And they take bits of economics and they explain them in one or two or maybe maximum three pages. Mm. And that's the type of reference book that somebody needs, right? Then you can get much, much deeper. Like, I mean, basically, when I studied economics years ago, John, I, my degree is in monetary economics mm. from Trinity. So I did a pure economics degree. I remember doing, you remember that ESS, BEST, it's called BEST. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking after about a year, like, man, this... I was so bad at accounting, I became an economist, right? I swear <laughs> yeah. to God, I couldn't make the things balance. That's true. And I thought, Jesus. Numbers aren't your thing. I just thought, no, I didn't mind the numbers. I didn't mind because economics, obviously, there's lots just more. Just adding them up is the adding problem. Them up. <laughs> but I remember, I actually remember walking across Front Square in Trinity, thinking to myself, man, I didn't come to university to do accountancy. It was a, it was a sort of a feeling in, in me. Yeah. But and, and and I eventually ended up doing really highfalutin stuff and econometrics and maths and all that sort of carry on. But I still think that there is a gap in the market for this idea. Yeah. Economics made explicable, made understandable. So yeah. David Walsh, is it David? Yeah. Yep. Good suggestion. You never know. We might make an economist out of Mr. Davis before the whole thing's over. <laughs> and the thing is that anyone can become an economist. That's the thing. Anyone. Yeah. Just put your mind to it. See, and I, I'm glad that Maggie's enjoying it. She is enjoying it. Uh, see, I, I actually see you as the Mr. Miyagi of economics. Who's Mr. Miyagi? From, from karate. What are you talking about? The karate kid. Wax on, wax off. John, whatever you do in your spare time in private, nothing to do with me. Are you waxing now? is not air fat to pass. <laughs> <laughs> fat to pass. Let's get on with the podcast. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Listen, this week, what I wanted to ask you about is a couple of weeks ago, we did a whole thing on the tech companies. Oh, all yeah, the Airbnb, way overvalued yeah, Tesla and, and all these things. Yeah, yeah, all that crazy stuff. But it's interesting. I was reading that Doc Martens John. are going for an IPO. We got to talk the about that. The humble Doc Martin. The humble Doc Martin. And an actual fact, interestingly, Biden has been inaugurated in the last 48 hours. One of his big issues is inequality, right? Yeah. How are they going to... There is a connection between oh, the humble right. Doc Martin and inequality. And I'll tell you all about it. But first of all... There's only one thing that unites us. One thing that we all have in common. What is it? What is that one thing that unites us? It's not class or ideology, colour, creed or roots. The only thing that unites us is Dr. Martin's boots. Dr. Martin gave his boots to the world so that everybody could be free. They're classless, maxless, he was just one spoon from retail for only £19.99p. You, you were a jock man. I, I love, wasn't a jock man I, I, I at loved, all. Yeah, yeah, but that's because you like... I like liked. comfortable shoes. I like hush puppies. And I did get a pair of docks once. I couldn't get into them, actually, because it took... Because the blister in the back of the foot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it was so hard to break them in that I just kind of went, I prefer my nice little... Your hush puppies. My hush puppies and my... Um, what do you call them? Desert boots. Yeah, desert boots. But it's also a musical thing because you liked, like Dylan and Springsteen. And well, that's Dylan wasn't a dock man. Nor was sure. Springsteen. No, Nor was Springsteen. But if you start when we were kids, right, there was there was music that you loved. Like I remember my first paradox I bought in order to go to see the clash. Just to fit in. To fit in, exactly. Because I was like a swatty, <laughs> a swatty rock boy, right? And they're all like scumpunks and skins and the whole thing. I want to be part of your yeah, gang. Yeah, I want to be part of your gang. What are your gang wear? Oh, you wear the dogs. And it was a pair of dock shoes, right? It wasn't proper right. boots, but I you, but what, you didn't bring yourself to kind of yeah, yeah but, get the but, 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 but I did eventually get the dock boots, but that was later. But the Clash, nineteen eighty four SFX. Do you remember the SFX? Nice, I do. SFX, Big time, yeah. And I went. Uh, actually, I went with Sarah Kilmartin. Do you remember her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, t- 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 yeah. years ago. That was a, quite a cool date. Yeah. What do you want to do tonight? <laughs> Come to the Clash, darling. Okay, she's like, wow, your man's got oh, shit going so on. You're so smooth, Mac. You're that, that was so the least, smooth. The least smooth when you go in to the SFX, right? And there's a band. So the Clash is the Clash, right? Yeah. And they're also bringing all... Do you remember there were scum punks in Dublin? They lived yeah. in a squat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all emerged out of nowhere, like from under a rock. Yeah. But there was a band called the Outcasts. We were a Belfast yeah, skinhead yeah, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Full on oi. Remember the oi skinheads, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm there, little Black Rock College the boy. Little, the little, little Black Rock College boy <laughs> thinking, oh, I quite like the Clash. I quite like the... You know, but... Gleaming, shining new shining boots. Shining new docks on me, right? <laughs> and blister plasters on your And you're looking at me thinking, I'm not sure about this fella, right? I thought I was going to go out with an accountant. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we arrive at the gig. All right, then. And the skinheads are out in force, mm. right? And they're up the front <laughs> and they're pissing and gobbing and sweating and scrapping. Like it was one of those gigs that you realise if I 
manage to avoid the fella pogoing in front of me, yeah. I'm okay. But if he pogoes on top of me and I react, I will get killed. I will yeah, be... Well, you need to push back. Yeah, that was the thing. Back. You need to stand your ground. Yeah, so, so I'm standing there. But of course, it was one of the great... But I did feel protected in my docks. I was part of the <laughs> well, tribe. They did the toe cap, the steel toe cap ones. No, 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 I know. Come on. Look, look at me, eh? <laughs> look at me. I'm a softie. I'm a softie. But the dock was part of... What's interesting, Doc Martens were part of youth culture. They Big were, time, yeah. And, you know, it was like anarchists, it was anti-establishment, it was anti-capitalist, anti-profit. The whole idea, I mean, all the punks around here, of which there were many, the whole idea was you said, fuck you to the system, right? Yeah. And I did in my, my little small way. And the, right? and, and, and the more holes you had... Oh, yeah. You know, because there was the 12, there was the 14, 14 hole and 18. Blood. Look, there was an 18 hole. There was one an 18 hole one, which you want to be very tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are very short and you rolled up your jeans and you wore the 18 holes, you look like a midget. Yeah, well, you also needed to get up early in the morning to lace all those to lace up. lace all things up, exactly. And so, but remember in the 80s, there were skins, there was mods, there was punks, there was teddy boys. There was Goths, there was the Nutty Boys. Do you remember the Nutty yeah, Boys? I do, yeah, yeah. actually happened to be all from the Noggin. Yeah. I never met a Nutty Boy who wasn't from the Noggin, yeah, right? So true. all these were these <laughs> subcultures, you know? Do you remember when we were kids? An Sub- F-Troop. F-Troop. Yeah. And the Black Catholics, do you remember them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, they, they were kind of, they were more of a myth though, weren't they? They were a north side skinhead crowd. Yeah. Okay, you didn't want to miss them. Do you remember the Cabra A-Boys? Yeah, I do, yeah. A Cabra outfit of mods who came down to Dunleary and got their arses handed to them by the local hard Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. They it came down to Dunleary thinking they were going down All to... All on their Bournemouth or something. You know, <laughs> and they got... It was a quadrophenia <laughs> for Ireland in 1984. <laughs> yes. So there I was. Oh, my God, in, this is so good. <laughs> there I was in my docks. And you were still listening to Bruce Springsteen. No, I was... I like, was Jesus, I was, I was like, the jam. Get man. into it, man. Anyway... The interesting That's thing. That's not true, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> the interesting thing about John the Doc Martin is it used to represent anti-capitalism, mm. right? This week it is going to be floated on the stock exchange, right? Now that's the issue. And do you know what's funny about that is if you like the story of the Doc Martin, where it actually came from? Apparently, back way back when there was this German soldier, a guy called Doctor Martin. And he was out skiing and he had a terrible tumble and he broke his foot. And when he was, you know, recuperating and stuff, he wants to find a boot or a shoe that could cushion his foot that was broken. So there was none around. So he invented this with his mate and his mate was Dr. Funk. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Dr. Martin and Dr. Funk. (laughs) Zusammen. But they created this boot and it was that soul, the air cushion. That's why I loved it. I loved it. Beep, bop, beep, bop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was developed for particularly working women in factory, in the German factories and stuff. People standing on their... With the bad arches. Yeah, with like the ourselves. bad... Well, yeah, Jesus, yeah. The plantar fascia. So, so tell me. So it was, it was set for women working in factories. Yeah, and they're, they're one of their first... I was doing a little bit of reading about this, but one of their first ad campaigns in Germany was directed at women in the garden. They're great for gardening, these boots. These oh, you're, 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 exp- you're, blowing, you're exploding the myth of the anti-establishment duck. But it wasn't until later on that they, when they bought by the Griggs Company or yeah, something like right. that. Yeah, you're right, an English company called Griggs. And they, they just made it as a working boot. And 
you know, it was just every factory worker, every miner, and whatever. coppers used to work. Where? Coppers, yeah. yeah. So but that was, you, and that then it became skinheads. So skinheads and coppers used to wear ducks. And, you know, it was, you, you, you were a Who fan. Pete Townsend was apparently yeah. the man who actually saw a pair of ducks and said, I'm going to wear them on stage. That's right. Yeah. And the Who started them. And then the mods thought, the skin mods. Remember the difference with skin mods? Yeah. They yeah, started yeah. wearing them. And then they took off. So by the time we were knocking around in the mid-80s, the dock was a thing. Right? Oh, big time, yeah. Big, yeah, big yeah. thing. What is interesting now, John, is the story of the Doc Martin is the story of financialization in the economy. And it actually leads into inequality. And it's quite interesting. So the Greek, on, explain the Greek that one family sell Doc Martens mm. in 2012 to a private equity outfit. Now, private equity companies in general are people who buy usually financial fellows, right? Sort of fellows who work for me in the city in London. Yeah. They buy an asset that is failing or is cheap. They bought it for 300 million, which might not sound failing or cheap, but they're going to float it for 4 billion, right? Well, so okay. So think, about, so think about the uplift in this is extraordinary. So one of the big problems with what I would call late stage capitalism is financialization, that everything can be resold, repackaged, reflogged, yeah. and that the whole idea is to sweat the asset, to basically take the dock, the symbol of anti-capitalism, <laughs> yeah. and turn it yeah. into the most capitalist, uber-capitalist thing in the world, right? So what they're doing is they moved production offshore in about 10 years ago to Thailand and China, right. so, so from, from the UK. Yeah. So suddenly, their costs, they're squeezing costs, right? And what they're going to do now is float it this week on the market. But it strikes me, and this is the story, that something that was the symbol, and still is for kids, yeah. of anti-establishment thinking has become the most establishment idea in the world and is going to make a fortune. That's interesting you talked about Dr. Martin. Mm, and Dr. Funk. And Dr. Funk, right? <laughs> but Dr. Martin was part of what I would call the worker boss in Germany. So in the 50s and 60s, the Germans produced all sorts of new products, mm. incredibly inventive and incredibly entrepreneurial people after the Second World War. But all those bosses were close to their workers, right? They yeah. made the products, they loved the product, they figured it out. Now the people who own, the people who own Doc Martens are the least likely people to ever wear Doc Martens, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, These yeah. are like city gits, right? In really ill-advised fashion, I suspect as Pimera well. Primera or something, was it with... Some some companies like Primera, yeah, right? Yeah. But let's go to the idea here. They are going to make 12 times their investment in 10 years. So supernatural profits, right? And given the way in which private equity deals are structured. So private equity is usually structured on a huge amount of debt and a small amount of real investment. Right. So, for example, you buy a company for, let's say, 100 euros. What you will do is you will borrow 90 euros and you will actually put in 10 euros of your own. So it's a massively leveraged idea. The reason you can do this is central banks all around the world are reducing interest rates to zero. So yeah. the cost of capital since 2008 has been hovering around 1%, 2% and back down to zero now. So it makes huge sense to have these heavily leveraged buyouts so of this assets. So is, this is fueling a whole IPO. Fueling a massive IPO market, but also, John, and we can talk about that in a second, mm. also fueling massive opportunism on the part of people who can access capital. 
Right. right? Yeah. So if you can access capital, you can leverage up a deal. So you can buy something like Doc Martens for 300 million. Mm. You can sell for 4 billion. But if you structure the 300 million right, chances are you put in 30 million of cash. Right. And you will get 4 billion of cash in return. That Think about like a, this. That sounds like a good deal. That's a huge deal. You're talking of over 100 times return on investment, return on equity. Right. right. Now, the reason Doc Martens is the story of inequality is if you look at what has happened over the last 20 years, people who can get their hands on cash at very low rates of interest are making out hugely Whereas the workers in those factories that make the Doc Martens yeah. are seeing their actual wages yeah. decline. Yeah. Yeah. And if their wages are too high, the owners, the financial capitalists, yeah. move the factory to Thailand. So at every iteration, the people who actually make the things are getting less and the people who own the things are getting more. And it's all fueled by the policy since 2008 of reducing interest rates to try and refloat the economy. Right. So the, th the the reason you reduce interest rates to refloat the economy is, you remember trickle-down economics, Mrs. Thatcher? Yeah, and, and Reagan, was, yeah. But actually wearing docks in the 80s meant you were, that was a sign that you were anti-Thatcher. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. think about this, right? So Thatcher's idea was trickle-down economics, which basically will make really rich people really rich. We will coax them to spend because they're really rich. Yeah. And then... That will trickle down to the plebs at the bottom and the plebs at the bottom will get a few crumbs off the table. Yeah. That was the economic model. Yeah. That's exactly the economic model now, which is what Joe Biden has to try and turn around. Because by financialization, it means those with capital become incredibly rich. But those who depend on wages from their income, so there's two types of income you can have. Yeah. You can have income from capital, which is rents, dividends, all this sort of stuff. Capital gain right? Or you can depend on wages for your income, your average worker. Yeah. And what we've seen in the last, certainly 20 years, but amplified in the last 10, is the people who depend on capital for their income have done extremely well. And the people who depend on wages for their income have fallen backwards. Right. But let's just look at the figures from the States. Mm. But they're broadly the same. And again, what we're trying to do is make the point that people who depend on capital for their income have done extremely well. And when you reduce interest rates, they do even better. Yeah. Okay. In the States, think this, the top 10% of families in the US, that's 13 million families, hold 76% of the wealth of the nation, right? The mm -hmm. bottom 50%, that's 64 million families, hold 1%. Wow. Wow. Isn't that extraordinary. And the top 0.1% of earners, income has risen five times faster than the, bottom, and and, yeah, than the and bottom 90%. Yeah. So financialization, what we see in Doc Martens is the story of financial engineering. And the problem with financial engineering is it makes the very, very few incredibly rich and it leaves the rest behind. And this is what's driving American politics. We talked to Bill Black, you know, the nastiness, the anger, the yeah. viciousness, all that sort of stuff. There's a very interesting quote from a Supreme Court judge, Louis Brandeis in the States. It's a really good quote. He said, 
we can have a democracy in this country or we can have great wealth concentrated in the hands of a few. But we can't have both. Yeah. So at its core, inequality is anti-democratic. And this is what the Doc Martin story tells you. It's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, we've kind of said this before, but I always find it really odd why you would create policies that would create so much inequality. I don't understand it because even if you are Jeff Bezos sitting on top of the world and all the rest. Looking like a muscular peanut. <laughs> but he's obviously he's got a few quid in his arse But, pocket. you know, why would you want to be super rich but live within a society that is really unhappy, getting more and more agitated and violent and all this? Why do you want to create a society like that? Because... This is the beginning of the end. Inequality is oh my the beginning God, of the Mac. end. No, inequality <laughs> is the beginning of the end. You see this it's in the Roman idea. Empire. You see all these. The basically when you get these very high levels of inequality. Yeah. Either the democratic process, and this is why we talk about Biden, you know, begins to say, okay, let's change that around. Roosevelt did it. Roosevelt mm, did it. Mm, Roosevelt mm. taxed people. He said, we're in a society. We are a democracy. We can't have these levels of inequality. And they did this, Right. But once you have this bizarre combination of globalization so that you can make your docks cheaper in China, yeah, right, and financialization in the West so you can amplify profoundly the value of that, what you get is a very small few people end up making a fortune. And it makes the system unstable. So we need to pull back on globalization. I think there's no doubt that globalization will slow down in the next while. Globalisation. Yeah, but we just got rid of Trump. That's what he was trying to do. Look, Trump, the, the mad thing about Trump is he had one or two fundamentally good ideas. One was, if you continue to source American products in cheap countries, two things will happen. The owners of those products will make more money and the American workers who were displaced, who used to make those products, will have less money. Yeah. And he was right. I mean, that's a very basic idea. Oh, we need Trump back. Well, I tell you, I, I, we will conclude. Not we need Trump back. Do you remember the SFX where I saw the clash? Uh, yes, I do indeed. Do you know what that was named after? St. Francis Xavier. And do you know what happened to him? St. Francis Xavier was a Portuguese Jesuit. In the first real period of globalization, was the Portuguese going to Asia to source cheap products in Asia to sell really <laughs> expensively in fucking Portugal, right? And Europe, right? And Francis Xavier, bless that trade, the Jesuits went with the capitalists. They went with the merchants right. all the way around to Asia, to Japan. And do you know yeah. what happened to Francis Xavier? He met his death in China. How? Because the Japanese, you know, the Japanese yeah. were wise to this. The Japanese yeah. kicked the Jesuits out. Yeah. And of course, he goes to China to try and do the same thing, which is bless hyper-capitalism and hyper-globalization in the 16th and 17th century. I think he got a fever of some class. But right. my point is, the lesson from the SFX is not just that the clash was a great gig and the outcast <laughs> put this little swatty Blackrock college boy a little bit nervous on his date, <laughs> but there is always a reaction to something that so displaces the society. And in China and Japan, they reacted by kicking out the Westerners because they understood that whatever society they had constructed was mm. going to be profoundly affected by this shock from the West. 
not unlike what's going on in politics these days. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.